It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. The New York Times has named Arden one of their top ten hosts. And just this year, the Dog Writers Association of America has given this show, Four-Legged Life, its top radio award. Arden is driven to live her motto, bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby, because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. And also by Soda Pup, committed to providing top quality American-made toys and enrichment products you can trust. Online at sodapup.com. And also our good friend Janice at Save My Pet ID Tag. Your pets are never alone when you own Save My Pet ID Tag. Online at savemypetidtag.com. What's up, pet pals? Welcome to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today has created a sea creature that makes Jaws seem like a little minnow. Hey, all you Megheads, you know who I'm talking about. He is an international best-selling author, the creator of Sea Monster Cove and He is unleashing his latest blockbuster movie, Meg 2, The Trench. Please welcome to our show, the creative, resilient, Steve Alton. Jonas, we've got company. That's the biggest Meg I've ever seen. Biggest Meg anyone's ever seen. That's the apex predator. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you. Hey, I just wanted you to know, Steve, about a week ago, I was in the movie theater and there was a trailer for Meg 2, The Trench. Seeing a 70-foot prehistoric shark on the big screen, I got to tell you, man, I spilled my popcorn and I dribbled my Diet Coke, but it was all worth it. There's so much to cover. How do you feel the last time you did pretty good? 2018, your movie was number one. About the movie, I feel pretty good. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you haven't? I love the the cast. You want to talk about some of the folks that are starring in this movie? Jason Statham is, was my first choice to play Jonas Taylor. The rest of the cast, you've got the number one Chinese action hero is the cast. It's amazing, my producer tells me. And so just between those two, it's a a great cast, but they've got a lot of others, a lot of experience, great, great cast. There's a part in the trailer where Jason's character is putting his boot on the nose of the Megalodon. I mean, what'd you think of that? You've seen the, you've seen the trailer. Uh, That you won't find in a novel. Maybe the movie. No, No, in a novel, characters that do that get their leg bit off. That's true. That's true. You jokingly said with Meg to the trench, no Megalodons were harmed in the making of the movie. That was quite serious. Excuse me. That was just to let the world know we no makes were hurt. No sharks were hurt. Couple, a couple lizards, but we could spare that. So you grew up liking uh, Peter Benchley and the Jaws, the book and the movie. How would you compare your Meg 
to Jaws. The character, and then we'll go into the writing. Well, Jaws is about a great white shark, and, and Megalodon being Megalodon, Jaws would just be a snack. <laughs> oh, you can't really compare the two. As far as okay. the books, I love Jaws, but part I love about it was that you know, I remember the opening chapter where the shark is circling underwater, and that was scary. And then, it, you know, when I sat down to write Mega, my th- first thought was give them plenty of action. Because there just wasn't enough action in Jaws for me. I wanted, give me more shark. You know, it's like, a, give me more cowbell. Give me more shark. I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. Yeah, That's I like cowbells. Cowbells are good. You said your, your bio a little bit. You went from the crap house to the penthouse and back. I mean, as an author, as someone who's very, very creative, you've had some major ups and downs, right? Major. I'm still going through major up and down right now. What I like is that you had a medical doctor that made a huge difference with you. And we can talk about GC if you want, gone cancer. I think that's appropriate. Uh, what's going on with you? And I know you have Parkinson's, but uh, what's going on with you right now? Well, let's see where I begin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from from least to most, uh, a sciatic was killing me. I said, Parkinson's has caused a problem. Parkinson's tenses my muscles up. So when I go to sleep, I wake up after two hours and my muscles are very tight. Well, this latest thing that's been happening is last six months, the tendons in my hip that connect my hip to my leg when I wake up, it feels like someone shot me in the hip. And the first time I went down hard, but since then it's a struggle to just stretch out the hamstring and get under control before the pain kills me. But that's been going on for six months. And um, uh, then the Parkinson's and, and, and a touch of cancer that I got to deal with. And uh, oh, yeah, I've got a, um, <laughs> called um, hernia from the hip situation. So my schedule is gradually introduced mixed with surgery. Okay. Well, that's, tell us about. GoneCancer.com because I want people to to check it out and do what they can to help others. GoneCancer.com is a site where I basically the doctor who was treating me for part he was had a, a natural treatment for Parkinson's that basically enabled me to function at a normal pace. He passed away a couple of years ago, but he also had a cancer formula allowed the P53 gene, which is the cell's natural cancer killer to be revived, to be uh, resuscitated. Because as we wow. get older, they tend to wear out. Or as we get exposed to more carcinogens in the environment, they can be actually flipped over to and help the cancer. He discovered a way to recharge it. And so that's all that information is there at gonecancer.com. Well, I, I wish you the best of health. And we want folks to check out gonecancer.com. We also want them to fill the seats of movie theaters because this is your new blockbuster. How long has it taken you to make Meg 2 the Trench as a movie? And I know it isn't something simple. It's never A to B to C. There's always hiccups, right? Always hiccups. This is actually the third movie deal we've had. But I took the project to my friend, producer Bill Avery, who loved Meg. And she also had ops in the lock for me. And so she decided to go out there and what her forte was raising money independently. So you don't have to deal with the studios. And uh, she took her eight years to get it done, but she, boy, she got it done big time. What do you think about her? I mean, she was your guardian angel, right? 
Still is. So I want to speed back in time when you were a young husband. And what were you doing when you said, I think I want to write a book. I want to be an author. And tell us a little bit about your 1971 Malibu convertible, because that was something you really prized. Well, the way they're related is that, um, you know, I don't grow up like we talked about uh, reading Jaws. And once I became a Jaws fan, I became a great white shark fan. And that led me to reading about all the real life shark attack stories. And there was always a little black and white photo that accompanied them with a picture of a giant jaw with six nerdy looking scientists in there. So flash forward 20 years later, I'm 35, struggling as always. And uh, I get a Time magazine in the mail with a front cover in 1995 August issue of an anglerfish. And the article talked about hydrothermal vents and the Mariana Trench. And I, I read that. I was fascinated by it. I thought, wouldn't it be cool if that giant shark lived down there? So I went to the library because back in 95, August of 95, there was no internet. And I did as much research as I could, and I came to the conclusion that it was feasible. Because Megalodon didn't die off like the dinosaurs did. It uh, only came around about 30 million years ago, the Miocene, and may have only died recently, if, if not still out there. So that gave me the plausibility I was looking for to write the book. Hey, pet pals, we will learn more about the movie Meg, The Trench, and much more about Steve Alton after we take this break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. What happened last time? You don't want to know. They hunted him back. Hey, pet pals. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is a true creative genius on many, many platforms, Steve Alton. Let's keep going. So you're an author, you say, of faction, fiction and facts. And, and, and so can you, can you tell us, explain that and explain uh, what your message is for this movie? The movies in the books are always a little different. The books, the characters tend to take things a little more seriously. The movies, it's for more for fun and spectacle. Mm-hmm. At the same time, these movies do follow my scripts pretty good. You know, the first one was great. I'm sure the second one's going to be even better. As far as the tone, as far as a, you were looking for a message, when it comes to sharks, the message is don't kill them. We need them. The ocean will not be healthy without them. And besides, you know, they're not out to kill man. They're, they've got their own diet and we're not on it. Tell us about Sea Monster Cove, Steve. What's that all about? Sea Monster Cove was my desire to write a uh, TV show about, uh, I had an idea about the ancient sharks again and sea creatures, but it was totally unique from make, totally different. And I decided that I don't want to just write, first of all, I'm not going to write another novel series because I just finished Meg at that point. What I'm going to do is try a TV show, but as we started trying to get it developed, I realized I also want to see these creatures for myself. So if we could create some 3D magic so that I could see them and you could see them, that'd be a nice place to go. So that's what we created, a 
a multi-level, a multi-faceted uh, website, interactive, where you can go there and look at the creatures. You could uh, play the video games we've created, uh, use the library, use where we have uh, visually enhanced versions of my novels, which makes it easier for readers who are reluctant readers or vision problems as well. Dyslexia, just like dyslexia. Yeah. Now, do you swim? Do you scuba? Do you snorkel? What's what? What is Steve Alton like in the ocean? Like a lead weight? I don't know. I, I mean, before the Parkinson's, I was, you know, I was a very good athlete, all-around athlete. Okay. Swimming was one of my strong points. Uh, you know, basketball, football, but um, you know, Parkinson's kind of puts a lead jacket on all those things. So, not going to find me in a case looking at great whites. You know, I don't want to tempt the. Uh, Gods, you know, on the front page of the next day's newspaper. Meg author drowns in, in, in. No, no, no. You don't want that. No, no. Gates diving, you know, sharks hysterical that he couldn't use. <laughs> no, this show is not about writing um, those kinds of obituaries. It's about bringing out the best in our guest. One thing I wanted to ask you about is um, you like to give back. Can you talk a little bit about adoptanauthor.com? Because there's a whole generation of folks that want maybe to be in some small way another Steve Alton. Adopt an Author happened because when Meg first came out in 1997, I became inundated with email from students, teenagers, who were all timing the same thing. I hate reading, but I love your book. Or Meg's the first okay. I actually finished. Now, a reason, and then the teachers started emailing me, telling me the same thing that they telling me success stories like they're mind boggling. You know, that just doesn't happen usually in school. You know, I didn't know for a long time. I assumed that it was because of the subject matter that the book was so popular in, in school. It turns out the science teachers pulled me aside and said, "No, we tested the book. In fact, we tested it against other books and other shark stories, elder megalodon stories, and our." The students wouldn't get past the first couple pages. He said, the reason that your books work is because you write very visually. And visual writing is helps them to see things and helps them to get through the story. That's why your books are so popular. So I didn't know that. So I learned something. But Adopted Author is a nonprofit I set up to aid the teachers who wanted to add the book to the curriculum. So we support all the teachers to pull the curriculum together. We put it all on the website for free. So that they could take what they need, you know, that they could also involve me in the in the curriculum as well. Students can email on it, me and I email back. And then once in a while we'd set up a, you know, when they were done reading the book, we'd set up an in-class conference call on a speakerphone. And then they could interview me by speakerphone and stuff. Thank you for doing that. One thing, a little bit of trivia, I know you've written a lot of books, but can you tell us about the one dog book you wrote that stars Jacob Cope and Dr. Nancy Beach under your pseudonym? Oh, boy. that Yeah, that your audiences would definitely love that one. That's Dog Training the American Male, written by L.A. Knight, which is uh, an honor to my late father, Lawrence Alton, L.A., and he was our, our shiny light novel. But that's a comedy about a woman who's a talk show host, sort of like you. They were giving out relationship advice, but none of her relationships works and none of her advice works. And then her, she moves in with a, a guy because they're, they're, you know, they wanted the brothers, guy wanted to get him out of the house already. And uh, her, the uh, 
his the girlfriend's sister says, listen, my sister's not easy to take care of. If she starts, you know, throwing her usual episodes, go buy her a little white so dog, she'll be fine. So the guy, you know, they have problems and what does he do? He goes down to the pound and comes back with a 120-pound German shepherd. Oh, of course he does, yeah. And you can imagine what happens from there. But then the woman gets training lessons for the dog and realizes that training advice can work on her boyfriend. And you have a dog training the American man. I love it. I love it. So, Steve, we can't have you off the show without talking about a big thing on your plate, and that is Meg Legacy. Talk about the seven-volume collector's edition set. I know all the Meg heads are, are knowing all about it, but share it with the rest. You know, I've been writing the books for 26 years now. Uh, there are seven novels in the Meg Collection series. And the seventh one is still being written, but you know, my readers have been asking me for years, can you put out a, a finished book set that we get? Because it's so hard to get the hardback sometimes. They sell out yeah. anymore. And none of them even look alike. And you put together, you know, matching set. And, well, it was not easy to do. It took me years to get the rights to do that. And we're only allowed to print 5,000 sets for the whole world. 5,000. That's it? 5,000. Wow. Okay. But they're, they're nice. They're uh, wrapped in faux leather. Faux being the fake leather, but the good fake yes. leather. Because we don't kill anything. <laughs> no animals were harmed in the making. No animals were harmed in the making of Meg Legacy. Correct. Right. Uh, but it's got more than the novels. And it's got my bio. It's got um, short stories that fill in the gaps between the novels called Angel of Death uh, novellas that I put in there to keep the road smooth and, and like a super highway instead of up and down, up and down. Uh, there's amazing images in there. Uh, there's tons of extras and the graphic novels that they divided up into six comics. But in order to get it, you just have to go to makelegacy.com. Three amazing colors. And uh, I guarantee you this. I said this one other time where I did the same thing for Meg Generations. We printed 4,400 covers of Meg Generations. Now you can't buy them because no one is willing to sell them. But if you do get somebody who sells it for under $500, that's the price for a $28 book. So wow. 5,000, think about this, 5,000 book sets, and this is all there ever will be. So if you if, well, you, if you get in there now, grab it as many as you can. You'll be able to resell them for three times as much. Hey, everybody. At this time, I do want to again thank our guest, Steve Alton. Please check out his movie and everything else. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. What happened last time? You don't want to know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, here we go. Groomer has it. Our guest has been rescuing animals in Puerto Rico, and he's also an inventor, and he's got this great idea, great product that's going to help you with your pet. And it's a new professional pet grooming vacuum kit called the Fermi. Please give pause and applause to the CEO of Fermi, Matt Homa. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Where are you? 
You are not in Seattle. You're not in Dallas. You're not in New York. Tell us where you are right now. Um, Puerto Rico. That's your home base, isn't it? A home base, yep. I've been here for over eight years. All right. So a little bit of background, because I think there was things going on with some uh, uh, street dogs in Puerto Rico when you got that aha moment. Can you bring us back to that day that made you say, I think I can come up with something that will help pets with hair and, and, and come to this invention with your crediting street dogs. Is that right? Um, yeah, a little bit. So my wife and I were big animal people. Um, and here in Puerto Rico, there's a big problem with uh, street dogs. So as soon as we moved here, the first thing we started doing was picking up uh, dogs and cats off the street and finding them new homes in the, uh, in the States. We've done so far, we've done over a hundred so far, my wife and I together. Since we've been here. Well, can we get her first name here so we get credit uh, for her? Jordan. So, you know, it's like on game shows, you hear them say, I love my wife. And then you're like, well, what's your name? So now Jordan, shout out to Jordan. That's cool. Yeah. So we, we've done a hundred over the years. We just can't resist, uh, you know, these dogs. And well, some of them, when we picked them up, we wanted to, you know, we just couldn't let them go because they're so amazing. So some of our, our first actual rescue, Luna, she's, she's still with us. And, uh, we have two now, they call them Satos, at our house. And black fur, we love them to death, but we have white sheets, white pillows, everything. So there's a, you know, these, these dogs, even if they're groomed, the next day they're still shedding constantly. So there's, there had to be a better way. And then, you know, with, with brushing, it's, it's one of those chores that you might get around to, you might not. It's just not convenient um, as it is currently, even though there's there's some good brushes on the market, but there just had to be a better way. And that's how we... Kind of with our team, started tossing around some some of these ideas for a vacuum kit, and then um, with our design team, came up with after many renditions the Fermi. So, I like how you call it F U R M E. We're going to talk about it in a second, but people want to know who the heck you are. So, how long have you been a professional pet groomer? Myself, I'm actually not a professional pet groomer. I'm a professional pet owner, rescuer, <laughs> and oh, okay. uh, e-commerce guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just your average, your average pet owner. So this came out, this came up out of you know necessity for, for us and just the need to constantly develop a new a new product for the market that is really game changer and really solves a problem. What brought you? Where were you coming from? The states. What brought you and uh, Jordan to Puerto Rico? Just the change. We wanted to you know live by the beach. Be being entrepreneurs, we're flexible. So we wanted to, you know, have a change and um, we brought a business down here. So we've been here ever since. How long has that been? Since 2015. So it's been eight years so far. So how many hurricanes? Come on. Uh, three so far, I think. We just had a scare last week, but uh, <laughs> had to restock the generator with fuel. But You have a generator. You're a smart dude. You're a smart dude. So you've always had a love for pets, correct? Absolutely. All, all, all animals. Yep. All right. So you were helping the street dogs. And, and I know that, you know, I have a terrier mix. I have a Chihuahua, Meta, Poodle, and something else mix. No one's known. It's a mystery myth. And then I have cats that are short hair, but cats shed. So hair is a big deal for people uh, who have pets. We love our pets, but sometimes not the hair, right? And that's what you got you started about thinking about something I could do to make it a little bit more convenient and easy for people 
with the hair because those roller brushes are so 1990s, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's there's been some great innovations over the years, but there just had to be something better. And you know, the Fermi takes into account, um, it just makes everything more convenient, mess-free. Um, it's not just you know hair management with shedding, but also um, we have clippers. So you can in a, you, know, you can groom on your kitchen counter and there's not going to be a mess, which is fantastic. And then there's not going to be hair all over you. So normally with brushing, you know, you have, you're brushing it out, but then there's a mess to clean up afterwards. With the Fermi, there's no mess. You're, it's capturing the hair as you brush, plus hair builds up on the brushes. And then with the click of a button, that hair is, the brush is clean again. So you're just well, emptying out a hamper. I know yeah. you call it, this is, here's the fancy title, state-of-the-art five-tool grooming vacuum kit, brush, de-shed, clip, and trim your pet, and suck up the hair that's on your pants and all around you after you're done with the deed, right? Absolutely. And then we just also came out with the nail grinder, a nail grinder that's actually a vacuum attachment, which is fantastic. I actually have I have one here. Um, wow. And then we also have two lint brushes. So lint brushes that are reusable and they're vacuum attachment. So forget your old sticky pad lint brushes. Now you have one for your clothes and we ha- also are coming out with one that's for all your, you know, your couches, your seating around the house. You're kind of a let's fix a problem kind of guy. Is that would you say that would be how to describe you? You're a guy that fixes problems. Absolutely. Yeah. Fixes problems and want to help. And, you know, definitely we want to help people. So this is it's not just one of these other these gadgets that you you see online, you buy once and and put it away. This is actually a product that myself and most of our customers, they use every day. Their, Their pets love it. They want to. They see the Fermi coming out and they run to become groomed. They just love how it feels on their back. It's, I mean, think about it. If you have back scratches every day, you would love it too, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did see a demo on the website, Furby.com, and you had a beautiful cat. I think a gray and white cat on and a beautiful golden retriever. And um, I don't think you Photoshopped the smiles on their face. The cats, I'm a pet behaviorist. I'm looking. The cat's eyes are not dilated. The whiskers are not taut. The ears aren't flat. The kitty was sitting on a lap getting groomed and then the dog was sitting facing uh, the individual getting a beautiful groom job on the chest yeah so that's what's also great about this a lot of animals and pets they're scared of your normal vacuum cleaner so your normal yeah. vacuum cleaner is anywhere from 90 to 100 decibels the fermi is about half that so we compare the sound to just a running refrigerator it's like white noise on the lowest setting it does have three speed settings so you can ramp it up um, for some you know some of your dogs that have a lot of hair, your, your German shepherds and your uh, huskies, but um, it does the job in the lowest setting, which is the same, same noise level as a refrigerator, which is great for pets that are normally scared of the vacuum. I like that because, um, you know, noise phobia is a big deal, especially in dogs and cats. And fear can be real or irrational, real or perceived, but it's still to that pet, hitting them physically and mentally. So I like that, uh, your um, your product is nice and quiet. Now, you said you had Luna and you had another dog. What's the other dog's name? Uh, Bracy. Yep. Bracy? Picked off off the streets. They're just a man. Um, we call them canine cocktails. Canine cocktails. Perfect. Yep. Two canine cocktails. <laughs> and how much do Bracy and Luna weigh about? Um, they are roughly oh, low 20s. Okay. All right. Pounds. All right. Hey, everybody, we're, we're speaking with the inventor, uh, Matt Homa. He has created a product called 
for me, but he's here to help us because hair is a big issue for us and our pets. And we're in the summer. We're going to talk about how the need to groom your pet regularly can help keep them cool. So we're going to take a break first and we're going to learn about that. So everybody just sit and stay. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I love talking to inventors because inventors don't sit around and say, whatever, can't fix it. Oh, well, no, they come up with a great idea. And our guest today, Matt uh, Homa of uh, Fermi, it's F-U-R-M-E, but go to shopfermi.com. There's zillions, zillions, that's a big word there of testimonials. People are digging your stuff. I mean, can people be all thumbs and still be able to use uh, this and hold product to keep the hair at bay for their, their dogs, cats, rabbits, horses, whatever? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Even zebras. We had one guy in Arizona that used it on zebra. <laughs> a zebra. He uses a zebra. He runs a uh, small mobile petting zoo. So yeah, we have, if you can use it in your horse, you can use it in your zebra. <laughs> Well, what I like about it, it does suck up the hair. So it's got, it's, it's, you plug it in, it's got this hose and it, and it goes right in. So you don't have a lot of mess all over the place. Exactly. That's, yeah, that was the, that was the whole purpose of the design to make sure this is a mess free, but also a convenient um, solution for the house. We all like a clean house, clean household. We, we invite pets into our, into that space. And, you know, the, this is the easiest and to keep that, um, keep that harmony and keep everything, everyone happy. And not only it's taking away the hair, but you are kind of giving them a spa day, S-P-A-W, aren't they? Because what, what benefit do you think it has on a dog, a cat, to have this vibration on their, on their body while you're doing the job of getting out excess hair? I mean, it just, it takes out all that dead, loose hair and makes their coat shinier. It's just healthier for the, for the pet. Easily get mats and stuff, cut those out. It's all around. Plus the pets, they love the feeling, you know? I mean, who doesn't love being, having their back scratched? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I teach pet first aid and my dog Kona is a terrier mix. And at the end of the class, I always do a nose to toes, head to tail wellness assessment. And at the end, I do a fingertip massage all the way down from her neck, all the way to the her bottom of her back. And looking for anything, you know, hot spots, you know, any signs of fleas, ticks, anything out of the ordinary. And she sits back, Matt, and she's like, oh, I, oh, I bet. Yeah. Can you do that a little bit longer? But I do feel the power of therapeutic touch is, is a bench for everyone. So how are you, how are you getting us the word out? Because there's people listening that are entrepreneurs that love the pet industry. Can you give any tips to them on some do's and don'ts, things to help get the word out about your product? Marketing is key. And it's always something we struggle with. We try to become better at getting using the power of social media is key. Thankfully for us, it's a fantastic product. We have amazing reviews. So that helps us out a lot, especially for new new customers that are like, um, iffy on it. I like the idea, but does it really work like it says it does? So having those well, tell us actual advantages of doing 
either Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Tell us the platforms you're using and what are some of the pros and cons of that? We're using all the platforms you mentioned, TikTok, uh, Facebook, Google, um, Instagram. So it's and mostly it's Facebook um, because we're able to drive traffic directly to our sites through, you know, through our ads. So that's the main, that's the main platform. But is there a tip on how long you should do it or what are you focusing on each one? You know, give me an example, something that got a good uh, number of hits. Um, it's all about when you're, when you're making these videos, it's all about the thumb stop rates. You have to have something that gets there. gets a hook. It's called a hook off this right off the gate. Um, people are scrolling okay. through their phones. You know, you have to get something that's a hook. Um, one thing that okay. worked well for us, we had a Husky at a groomer being blown out and hair flying everywhere. And the lady wearing <laughs> uh, goggles, <laughs> that was a great one. So that went really well. Really? Yep. Oh my gosh. Years ago, Chipper was my dog. She was a Husky golden retriever. And you say that's a double dose of hair in two totally. different ways. And I used this popular brush uh, comb on her in my backyard, I filled an entire garbage bag of, of Chipper's hair. And she's sitting next to me with that big husky grin. Like, I got more. I got I more bet, hair. Yeah. Wonder, where did I get all this hair? You do a whole bunch and there's still hair. <laughs> I always wonder that. I always, even coming back from the groomer, the next day there's still hair coming out. It's it's a nonstop thing. And that's why it's not a chore anymore. It's It just makes yeah. it more convenient, right? In, in this day and age, everyone's so... You need something that's convenient. So you can do this just, you know, sitting by the couch, watching TV, relaxing in the evening, which is, it's great. So yeah, it just makes everything more, more convenient. So I want to, we just have a few minutes left and, and I really want people to know a little bit about how you give back and you and your wife, Jordan. So you're in um, Puerto Rico and there's a lot of street dogs, um, can you share a couple of stories about what you've done to help a couple of them? And it's got to be hard to see them without. Um, so most, I mean, most recently, right outside my office, you know, I noticed this litter of seven, seven puppies. Just recently, we, you know, I started setting up traps. You have to, depending on the age and how, how scared they are, you have to, you, you know, you trap them. But recently, we just trapped, we just trapped five. We're still trying for the other two. They're getting older. Um, they, they don't come up to you. So you have to, you know, we lure them with food. We're feeding them and watering them because it, it is hot out here. Yeah. So a lot of these dogs have never had human interaction when you're picking them up. So they are, these puppies are scared to death. When, once we trap them, we'll bring them to the vet immediately. They are, they're getting their, you know, dewormer, their, uh, all their other shots Other's getting checked out. And then next begins the process of getting them familiarized with human touch. And these dogs, it's crazy to see how these dogs pop. They pop right back to a, you know, your typical puppy within a week. Wow. Interaction, getting picked up, getting felt. It's, it's awesome. There was one also before that. I, I, I was dri driving home from the office. I noticed these puppies on the side of the road and stopped for puppies. Because puppies are, for the most part, easy to catch and they're always easy to place. So, I, you know, I just, Pulled over, went and grabbed, went and grabbed one puppy right away because they're, they're little guys. They're where they were going. And they actually were going into the center of a hollowed out palm tree that had fallen over. That was their, that was their home. So wow. I picked up, grabbed one, saw the other two where they were. I called Jordan. Jordan, I got a puppy. 
And I, I brought the first one home. I went and grabbed and some tools and stuff. So, and then trying, then I tried to cut into the palm tree and pull these puppies out um, one by one. And we got all of them. So that was a, and now they have great, great homes um, throughout the United States. So. So do you work with different uh, shelters and nonprofits to get these animals from uh, Puerto Rico to the States? Um, we work with a variety of, of rescues here in Puerto Rico and then um, shelters and um, rescues in the States as well. Depends on how the bandwidth of people, because sometimes, you know, sometimes people can you know take in dogs. Other times they're full. So it just depends the time of year or, or what they have going on. But, and then we also, we prefer to direct home all the pets, all the dogs. I like that. I like that. I do want to salute you and Jordan for doing that. And I do want to thank you for being a guest and talking about Fermi and tell people how they can find out more about it. So Fermi, you can find us at shopfermi.com. We're also at uh, chewy.com and tractor supply at the moment. Um, soon to be another other national pet retailers. And then we also ship internationally um, throughout the world. And uh, yeah, also on, you can find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Well, you have a very nice beard for those watching on uh, YouTube. And if I do get a beard, I know who to go to now. <laughs> to yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> of course. Hey, pet pals, that's it for our show today. Pause up to our special guest, Steve Alton of Meg Book and movie fame, plus Matt Homa of Shop For Me. Big thanks to all you radio stations coast to coast for airing our show. And most of all, a big thank you to all of you, our pet pals, for tuning in. And until next time, this is Arden Moore saying to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there, pause up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. And also by Soda Pup, committed to providing top quality American-made toys and enrichment products you can trust. Online at sodapup.com. And also our good friend Janice at Save My Pet ID Tag. Your pets are never alone when you own Save My Pet ID Tag. Online at SaveMyPetIDTag.com. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch video versions of our guest interviews, our website is FourLeggedLife.com. And have a pawsome week.